Welcome back to another episode of Salt City FC, the podcast, the newsletter, the news outlet covering soccer in the great state of Utah and across the Wasatch Front from RSL to the Utah Royals, the recently renamed, revamped, and re-emerging Utah Royals. They'll be back on the Wasatch Front participating in the National Women's Soccer League in 2024, and things are starting to get very real with the Royals. I'm just going to set up for you guys a conversation that we had uh, me and a couple members of the media with a new Utah Royals sporting director, former Reading FC manager, Kelly Cousins, the club's first ever sporting director. She just barely got on the ground, got her feet under her from her native England uh, in Sandy, got to tour the stadium, got to meet some people in the organization. She is here. She is back. She is ready to work. A really good conversation that we had with her as she kind of gets her feet wet and ready to get to work putting together this urfc side uh we also talked at the same time with urfc president michelle hensick who uh talked about kind of the realness of of this project they've got a head coach now and amy rodriguez they've got obviously kelly she's she was employee number one um as team president and now things are starting to get real and they're starting to look at player acquisition they're starting to look at draft prospects uh amy's been on the road for the last couple of weeks scouting college talent and academy talent and young players and just figuring out how to build this roster. I think that's the next step as they've kind of got this front office mostly built out. They've also got an unannounced yet, stay tuned, but an unannounced uh, director of talent acquisition to help build this roster, so that will be forthcoming. Uh, and then during our conversation, Michelle casually dropped some breadcrumbs, a little bit of a hint. There will be a formal groundbreaking in about a month or so. You'll hear more details about this soon. Um, But an expansion coming to the Real Salt Lake Academy and the Training Center in Harriman, a Utah Royals-specific expansion. The plans are being finalized. The details are being drawn up. Like I said, expect formal news of that to come over the next month or so, and they'll get a groundbreaking. And shovels in the dirt and everything else uh they want to make the royals an equal counterpart to their men's team at real salt lake and big things are in store i think because of it so uh with that being said here is our conversation that we had with recently on the ground utah royals fc sporting director kelly cousins and team president michelle hensick enjoy so is it daunting or exciting or does it alternate hour by hour day by day about the, kind of the blank slate nature that you have with this opportunity uh yeah it probably crosses all of those to be <laughs> honest um obviously never been out of uk so the okay. move is is pretty big for myself and my family um but in terms of yeah coming to to somewhere that is a is a clean slate and obviously speaking to everyone before accepting the job it, I just felt that everything that was being spoken about just really matched me as a person and, and the way that I am and um, and I think in this role and I don't think there's I could be wrong but in terms of sporting directors around the world there's not many people that have done probably everything that I have so it's probably nice for me to be able to be a part of every part of the club if that makes sense so um, being a qualified physio, like I can be a part and 
really delve into the medical side of the, okay. the game because I know my ins and outs of that side wow. and I've taken time to learn that. Um, obviously, a manager, so I can, for me, obviously Amy is very new to that side of the game, so I'd like to think that I can support her um, in that role and, and really help her to, to be as successful as she can be. Um, and then obviously managing people and, and building a club is, is something that I've done previously at Reading um, and got them to, yeah, probably, any, if anything, we probably exceeded every expectation um, at that club. And I think it was, yeah, we've just made sure we found ways of doing things and, yeah. um, and that's the way that I work. There's never, there's never a obstacle to anything let's let's find a way of of making things work and that's the kind of way that i work so sorry to dominate this conversation <laughs> right now but you and michelle toured the training facility yesterday is do any of the wsl teams in england have anything that sort of approximates the the resources and the facilities and everything yeah, that the royals will have there's probably there's probably a couple i think in terms of a women's designated area that is going to be what we are looking to put Exclusive. together yeah um brighton are probably okay. the club that okay. do that they have invested millions into um having a, their own women's performance base um and yeah that's that's probably in terms of them solely having their own I think most clubs now have their own area based at the, the tra training okay. ground. Um, so whether that be Reading, who was yeah. at, at one end, like at what we were, we were very immersed into, into the training ground and had our own section in the training ground. You've got, like I said, Brighton, who are at the same facility as the men, but they have their, this unbelievable um, uh, facility to the, just to themselves that's been built specially for them. Yeah. Um, but then you've got your, your Man Cities and, and Chelsea sure. and Arsenal that, again, are all just based at their, their men's training grounds and, again, have their own little area. Is it fair to say that the stadium, the training facility are massive recruiting tools, though, as you guys go out? Looking yeah, 100%. One, I think um, the training facility is obviously where players spend <laughs> most of their time, so it's, it's so important getting that part right. Um, and obviously looking at the plans and we go through designs yesterday and yeah. everything there's i don't think there's been one thing that's been missed mm -hmm. whether that's Dutch been child. yes <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of the performance side um right through to if players are coming in and they are mothers in the mm -hmm. game like literally even colors for a room for mothers to go and feed like mm -hmm. it's every there's not been a stone that hasn't been unturned to make sure that it is a place where players can come and feel comfortable and staff can and come and feel comfortable and come to a place where they really feel that they can just concentrate on their football when they're there um, and be successful I'm, I'm intrigued because you didn't you you mentioned the challenge of of this job and coming over here obviously coming out of your your comfort zone from Reading over to the states to one of the top leagues in the world and the NWSL and all that from a non-football perspective even how much of this move was kind of about that additional challenge of 
getting a little bit uncomfortable going to a country with a new culture with people that drive on the wrong side of the road and that kind of thing. Like, was, was that kind of, did that kind of play into sort of your, your decision to go after this job and to accept it, I guess? Yeah, definitely. Well? I think especially the age that my children are at right now as well, I think they're at an age where they are adap- adaptable, but still, especially my oldest one, who's seven, will still get the life experience as well. And, and that's the same for us as a whole family. Um, we haven't heard a bad word about Utah. Um, everyone you speak to says how lovely it is and what a nice place it is. And uh, obviously now being out here, you can you can really see that. And I think that's just reaffirmed everything everybody said. It's just confirmed that. Sure. And um, and I think that's probably put us at ease a little bit now. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's an exciting thing, and I think, like you said, it it wasn't just about the job and just about um, coming to something new as a as a job. It was it was a big big decision yeah. for us, and um, but everything everything fitted. Yeah. And it takes every box. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, even though we've got a weird money system, and like I said, we drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. But the other so I keep telling my husband to move over a little bit because <laughs> he keeps doing this. <laughs> um, Kelly, uh, this is a question that I'm super interested in. I kind of want to piggyback about what Michelle was saying because uh, about the accolades that you've had in your career. Because and I'm sorry if you guys already touched on this before I got in here, but uh, just from an American perspective, it's just so different. The environment that you're in with the WSL with Reading also because not only are you trying to get promoted you can also get relegated so yes. building a club from the bottom there's just that added pressure on top mm-hmm. of that you know to come into that kind of like you know sporting environment that's just so that's so different could you tell me a few of your specific things that you're most proud of that you accomplished at Reading and also on top of that I didn't even know that you had so many different positions yeah. on you know <laughs> there is probably so much empathy for so many different like people that you'll be working with but yeah like what are some of the, the specific things that you're most proud of that you accomplished at Reading? I think the biggest thing was building the club from what we call back at home is a grassroots club, it just plays for fun, and where you actually had to pay to play at the time, to building that to a fully professional outfit, where players were getting paid, um, and you were building very much like we're going to here, everything from scratch, and definitely had its challenges along the way. Um, It was only probably they're in their third season now of actually being based at the men's training ground. We were at an external venue um, before that was obviously great facilities but not as good as what it is now. Um, so that's probably that's probably my biggest achievement in terms of and then the success that we had. Um, obviously it was hard. Last season we got relegated and that was I think that was something that you kind of look at and go, it was only a matter of time. Um, just in terms of the resources that we had to compete with were just not growing on a level that they were growing at for other clubs. The investment, that it wasn't there. Um, so it was always going to get harder and harder because everyone was investing more and we we weren't, um, so it was always going to get very difficult. But that's never it's never been any different. And I think that's like I said, when we entered the WSL, I think we finished fourth, fifth, and fifth in our first three years. And again, probably expe- exceeded expectations of everybody um, because, like I said, it 
we didn't have loads of money, we weren't buying the best players, but one thing that I did have is unbelievable support staff that really elevated the players to, to be able to perform at their best. I had great coaching staff, had great medical teams, um, and that we just worked together to make sure we found ways to be able to make the team succeed. Um, so that's probably, yeah, that's probably my biggest thing and um, from a managerial one is probably beating Chelsea the season before last because <laughs> it's never happened. <laughs> uh, when you score in like the, the fourth minute and you go, this is going to be a long game. Um, but we held out and we, well, I think we had 11 players, well we had 11 players on the pitch and you're looking at the bench going, there's no more senior players on the, on the, on the bench. So, um, so yeah, that was a really good that's such a cool example too because that just like really exemplifies the resource gap that you have when you're yeah. talking about Chelsea's women's team compared to Reading's and the amount of resources you know they can you know, have Sam Kerr they have one of the best players yes. in the world they that you know and it's so cool how how much you guys competed to and also Reading just has a club too compared to some of those clubs that you're facing with like with like Liverpool starting to invest more yes. Aston Villa's investing more you've got Man City of course you know and Arsenal were unbelievable like those are just such that kind of like David versus Goliath, it almost it makes that uh, achievement even cooler, just to, in that kind of environment. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Also, I hadn't realized till I think you guys kind of pointed out that this is all of your first times in the positions that you're working in. This is your first time as sporting director, first time as the team president, first time for Amy as, as a head coach. Yeah. Obviously that brings some challenges, but does that bring, I don't know, is there some excitement as well of like, Hey, we're, we're we're the first, you know, we're 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 kind of trailblazing in a sense. Yeah, of course. I think, but I think we've all got really good experiences. So obviously, Michelle's been through it with RSL in terms of um, know what it takes to and what needs to happen. And um, obviously, Michelle's very new, but I've been a manager before for many years, so I can support her in that role. And um, obviously, this is a new role for me. And I think um, the experience that I've had. Um, previously can really help me mould myself into this role but I think especially over the last couple of months we've just been working so hard together and bouncing ideas and what and I think everything comes down to what's going to be right for the players for the team for the fans of the community and then for the club going forward to be to be successful and I think um, it's easy to say like our, our mission is going to be advancing players and women in the community and helping them in their careers and but it's another thing for ownership to actually do that and prioritize that and fill the positions as they have and I think it really exemplifies how David Blitzer and Ryan Smith um, and Jessica Gelman at our, at our Board of Governors table like view this team and um, you know they want to use this as a vehicle for change for um, advancing, helping players off the field, helping women in the front office, and um, to, to your point, like entrusting all of us here with with this team uh, exemplifies that. And I imagine we'll probably get some kind of press release about the uh, the designs and the, the, the new additions to the training facility, if you will, but could you kind of maybe tell us a little bit about what's going on in, in that sense? What are you, yeah. what are you guys working with? <laughs> Um, again, a testament to ownership's real trust in myself and head coach Amy and Kelly, um, really turned over the keys to say, 
you know, we have some optionality um, because the prior iteration of the Royals trained in Sandy um, and had more of their home base at the stadium from a training perspective. Um, but we have this incredible, I mean, it's the largest freestanding indoor structure in the Western Hemisphere. Um, we have the facilities that ownership and, and everyone at the, and the team has invested out in Harriman is just mind-blowing. Um, and so really it was, where do um, Amy, Kelly, like where do you want to have the women train and what is the best for, we, and ownership is all about this, like they believe like if, if the players don't have the resources and the support and the proper fa and facilities are a huge part of that, that's gonna obviously translate to permeate everything in the organization. So at base, like they want the best of the best in terms of facilities, training facilities and support. So they really did turn over the keys to head coach <coughs> to Kelly, to us and say, where, where do you want to play? So we actually solicited feedback from the union. Um, we had the benefit of like Amy had been a captain here, had trained here, like she knows the community, where would she want to train if she's a player, where does she want to coach? <coughs> um, yeah, we're going to have a, a big announcement on um, in a, a, a groundbreaking of sorts probably next month uh, for for that huge multi-million dollar um, investment in a new training uh, facility uh, space that's exclusive to the Royals. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, how we did pick out the tiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see the tiles. There's a lot of gold. A lot of As gold. As there should be. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear is what color are the tiles. Like, can we get a little bit of a tease there? But <laughs> how, how much more real does that make this whole project feel, Michelle? As somebody who's been here, I mean, you were the, the first employee of the club, or the revamp club, I guess, mm -hmm. um, and everything. But to see, you know, Kelly sitting in front of you ready to get to work, Amy's been on the trail scouting draft eligible players the last couple of weeks getting to work you're about to put shovels in ground on this huge new investment in that in a facility and everything like how much more real does the club kind of feel now as opposed to when you first got hired and it was kind of this ethereal like yeah this is coming but also we need to build it like does it feel a little bit more real now totally yeah i like it it's fun to just be talking about because yeah for me for the, t the community in utah losing i was I had just moved out here when that happened and like for that to like that loss and the sense of loss among the fans and then with the ownership transition the first question um, and I was on the legal side doing this this transaction and I was there at the town hall that David Blitzer and Ryan Smith held with all of the RSL season ticket holders and I might have talked to you I'm sure I talked to you about this before Caleb but like it was so visceral seeing in the little, because we did it virtually because of COVID and you could see in the chat box, everybody was like, are the Royals coming back? Are the Royals coming back? Because they wanted, like that was for ourselves, like season fans are like, are the women coming back? And so it's always been just like sort of a dream to your point. And now sitting here, like I literally have goosebumps, like having Kelly fly out here with her family um, from England. I just got a text from Amy about her house, like, and, um, um, uh, you know, like those real moments. Cause these, at the end of the day too, it's like, these are people's lives. Yeah. And, you know, Kelly moving her family from the UK, Amy moving her family and her kids. Like, 
helping her with her school enrollment, you know, from from California, like all of these really real, like real, huge life moments, um, and it, like having that all tied to this mission of this women's soccer team. It's not just, you know, like it's this huge, huge, bigger purpose and creed and, and mission that we're all um, a part of. It's just like there's nothing more fulfilling uh, to see it all come together and I know in like prior iterations like some teams like they have such a sh 30 days to like start or whatever I, I know Trey knows better than I do about uh, in 2017 but like we've actually 90 days from release to first yeah <laughs> it was it was less than 120 days I think it was 112 yeah. days from <laughs> announcing that Kansas City was moving here to our first game yeah so we've release. had the benefit of like yeah we have had the ability to be really strategic and to be, um, you know, build, build these blocks and do it really right and to um, have, like, this, this, this development and these building blocks and this foundation, like, all be solidified and tangible and coming together has been, like, the most gratifying experience. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the next step is, like, our first player signing. Yeah, so... Uh, <coughs> And to your point, like the groundbreaking um, yesterday was even another one of those like yeah. memorable like milestone moments where we're like picking out. To Kelly's point, like we're, so we're gonna we'll have a pumping room and picking out like a soothing carpet, you know, <laughs> for moms that are like pump breast, you know, pumping milk or whatever. Like all those really tiny details, um, but that are super tangible. Like yeah. you, seeing the carpet and all that stuff is. Um, it's just, it's mind-blowing and, and super gratifying. So Sean just used the word ethereal. And I guess one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is, obviously the two of you and Amy bring extraordinary backgrounds in the sport. We've got, we've got kind of the new era of RSL. You've got Blitzer and Smith groups. You've got GFH, which is Blitzer's European soccer operation. That's how we refer to it. But like, how do you build a culture through all that? It's gotta be, I don't know. Alchemy, I think, is the word that Pablo always uses about how he has kind of, over the last three years that he's been around as an assistant in the locker room. But, I mean, do you, are you able to even step back and think about that? Or is there just so many milestones that you guys have to hit that you're not always able to have the luxury of that 30,000 foot culture view? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely something, you, you obviously, you're in the, the thick of it at the moment, obviously, priority is trying to build a roster right now, um, so, but it is one thing that myself and Amy are trying to do um, in the background because we want to be able to create something that players can walk into and they go, this is this is what they're buying into, this is how we work, this is, and it's, it is about picking different things from RSL, from the ownership group, what, what do we want to look, look like as, um, what kind of culture do we want to create, and um, we're kind of going through that now, and obviously getting ideas down, and, and then trying to bring it all together, um, but you're right, you don't, day to day, you don't get that opportunity just to sit back and go, wow, um, but it's yeah. It, there's just a lot to do in such a 
a short space. It's a short space of time because obviously we we'll be into training by what end of January, beginning of February. So, um, but it's yeah, we we got to make sure. Like I said, I don't think I'm not sitting here going we're going to get it all right from the start. Um, but what we are doing, we do we've done a, we're doing a lot of research into things, um, making sure that we're speaking to different people um, to making sure that when that we're trying to we what we think is right right now is the way that we're the work we're working with obviously the expertise of everybody the research that we're doing and everything else um but also not sitting there going this has to be perfect mm -hmm. because it's not it's not going to be it will i think the training ground will be as perfect as it we can get it but again once everybody's in and everybody's working it's actually we need to tweak that or we need to change that um, and that's where I think we we've been really open with that side of things to making sure that yes we've got all the expertise but we can't be a closed book in terms of it being that learning environment for both players and, and staff. Do you think that there was um, any things that of course you mentioned the training facility and the tile all of that um, but anything that for you personally um, that made Utah attractive, this organization attractive, um, outside of the facilities and stuff like that, that could translate and be advertised towards players in this next period when you're trying to sign people? Yeah, I think, um, obviously you do, obviously when you're moving your whole family, you do a lot of research into, into things and um, obviously speaking to people that have been over here was, um, has, as I said earlier, there's not been a bad word said about Utah and I think it's obviously one of the, fastest growing um, states in, 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 the, in the country so um, and it, it was something that just it's a very family orientated state that really that really sat with me in terms of obviously having a really young family um, but also when you relate that to the sport as well that the female football soccer um, is a very is a very inclusive sport um, and it's, I think, over the last, correct me if I'm wrong, over the last two years, I think that the states had 100 out of 100 in the LGB. Um, yeah, Salt Lake City. Yes, it's, um, so it's like those things, it's, it's a very inclusive state, and I think that, like, when you're trying to sign players, bring staff in, um, like those things that that's what people look into and like you can see that it's a it's a state that's really inclusive of, of everybody um, and it's just nice to see that like I said it, it's growing um, as a state um, in in the country and it's yeah it was just for me it is even coming out here now it's going to feel a bit like home from home already Kelly are you, and apologies again, sorry to ask this question, no, sorry for coming a little late. Uh, how excited are you as like a sporting director to be able to experience the NWSL draft for the first time and also this expansion draft, things that are probably so different than they're done in Europe? Yes. I'm no, assuming you're caught up on what is a draft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, def how it all works is the mind-blowing part. Um, and obviously, yeah, there's obviously weird and wonderful ways of how things can be done and, and kind of manipulated to a certain extent um, but yeah I've, I've 
obviously learned so much in the last couple of months and I think the biggest thing for me is having the support around me of people that understand that. Obviously Amy has a very, very good understanding. We have support staff from uh, GFH um, that's helping with that side of things as well. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be very different for me. I'm just used to a transfer window being a transfer window and yeah, we can go for that player, that player, that player. But yeah, obviously the rules of the NWSL, the, the drafts, how they work, um, obviously what picks we have, etc. It's yeah, it's been a lot to absorb in such a straight, uh, short space of time, but exciting at the same time. And you'll have the first pick. Yeah, we do. In the entry draft. Yeah. Is there some pressure <laughs> felt with with that opportunity? <laughs> um. Again, I think yes and no. I think we are doing so much behind the scenes in terms of strategy around recruitment that we feel that we, when we step into those um, when we step into those moments, I think we'll feel that we're very very prepared for it. Um, and using um, the data that we would have put together and built the strategy that we've built, um, I feel that, and the people that we've got working within building that strategy, um, I feel that we'll be in